with early times and cheer wine. Josh, it's the last one. We made it, buddy. How you feeling? Other than I, was, I was doing much better until you started singing, but let's just let's get into it. I'm excited. This is uh, this is the last of the Meet the Coaches series. It's been a uh, it's been a hectic like a week and a half of of recording these, but also really fun and informative. I feel like we've gone a little crazy, but you know, Josh, I feel like we've also bonded a little bit too in this series. And uh, inappropriate that the uh, the last guy up here is the the veteran of of the new aspects of the coaching staff. It's deputy head coach, tight ends coach Chris Thompson. Josh, what were your thoughts on on Coach Thompson? I just wanted to get to know him a little bit more, and I think we definitely did. Um, he's somebody that the fan base has been excited about somebody that in coaching circle circles, the people that I talk to have only had good things to say, but nobody really knows who coach Thompson is. And I think that's what this interview accomplishes. And enigmatic. Uh, and he, he is really thoughtful and detailed in, uh, in going, going over his history as a, as a coach and what he was before a coach. And that's a minor league baseball player breaking down his position group uh, gives us a little bit of, of insight into that and some position changes uh, had fun with you, Josh, and, and talked about his, uh, his background with coach Michael. Yeah, Hill. It, I, it was I, fun. I think it starts out a little bit slow, but I pro- stick with it. I promise it gets good. Um, and he also gives up some, some good Intel. So coach Thompson on the other side, this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, welcome back to On the Bench. I have our very last coach in our Meet the Coach series, Josh. Let's, yeah, let's, let's do it. We made it. This has been fun. It is deputy head coach, tight ends coach of Florida State, Chris Thompson. Coach Thompson, Chris, welcome to On the Bench. How's it going? It's going good. We, uh, we've we got, uh, you know, just Friday evening here and, and uh, hanging out at the house and, and uh, looking forward to talking to you guys. Everything's going great. This is how everyone wants to spend their Friday evening, right? It's, it's hanging out on the bench with Josh and Brendan. Yeah. I know. I know. It's a, it's a dream come true. No doubt. Uh, but we, we do appreciate you taking the time to, to, to talk to us. I think we're going to have fun. I know our uh, our message board is really interested in you, Coach. You uh, you have a really interesting background. And uh, maybe let's start off with one of the things I think that makes you so unique, and that's you were a two-sport player in college and actually went uh, the route of – of playing minor league baseball. Can you kind of fill in our, our listenership of, of your path that through athletics, like you played football, you played baseball and, and where that took you uh, athletically throughout your career. 
Yeah, in high school, in high school, I actually played, you know, football, uh, baseball, and I actually also played basketball. I really enjoyed basketball a lot. Just didn't have the the college ability to play that, but um, you know, was offered really only two Power Five football scholarships. TCU and Texas Tech were my only two offers, and and uh, was offered some baseball scholarships, but just really through that process learned that football was really the only one that offered a full scholarship that would cover everything, you know, all the cost of college and the baseball scholarships were more partial. So, you know, uh, a 30% of the cost or whatever they would offer. And so, uh, and growing up in Texas football was all, you know, that was the main thing. So, so those factors led me to, to go the football route. And, and really when I went to TCU, I thought, I didn't think it would be a big deal for me to also play baseball, but I quickly found out that, you know, the coaches were like, no, you're not, you're not playing baseball, dude. You need to be in the weight room. You need to be in spring football and and doing all those things. So I would ask the coach every year, uh, our head football coach, if I could play. And he would, he finally, my fourth year, which was my red shirt junior year, he allowed me to, he said, I'll let you go out for baseball in January. And, uh, but you know, if you're not a starter, by the time we start spring football, you're coming back. And uh, which I thought was a fair deal, you know? And so it was, it worked out good. I, by the time spring football started, I was actually at that time leading the country in home runs and, and was having a really good season. So he, uh, he allowed me to go ahead and just finish out the baseball season. And then I ended up getting drafted, uh, you know, in June that year. And I left, I left after my junior season, did not come back. So, and I knew by then that, that I was at best a free agent type player in football at best, maybe not even that. Um, and cause I, I'd, I'd had an okay football career, but nothing, you know, nothing real remarkable, but, uh, so I knew baseball was my best opportunity. I played three seasons in the A's organization and got cut. I got cut. Uh, but by then I kind of knew that I wanted, I had to go back and finish my degree at TCU. I still had like 18 hours left because I had left early. So I finished, but I knew by then I wanted to go, uh, I wanted to coach, but I actually, uh, I still had a year of, of football left on my, on my playing clock. I just couldn't play it at division one because division one has a five year window that you can play called your clock, your, your five year clock. And I had already exceeded that, but division two, you didn't, you didn't have a clock. So I still had that one year of football. I know that, that may be confusing, but mm-hmm. I, ended no, makes up, sense. Uh, going to, I ended up going to Abilene Christian to play my last year of football, which was uh, a division two school. And so I played there and then got into coaching at, at that school at that time. So got into kind of the route that, that all that took me. It is interesting. It's a, not a traditional route, uh, but but I'm sure it's it's helped you uh, develop life experiences and and gather perspective. And I was curious from like the the brief time that you were doing uh, baseball in the minors, what like what you learned in, in that process and what it was like being in in, in the minor leagues, traveling and uh, dealing with guys from all different backgrounds. I guess what what that process, what did you take away from it, Coach? It was. I mean, it, it was really. It was really a great experience. I mean, it, it was my first experience really out of the state of Texas. When I got drafted, uh, by the A's, they, and, and then, and then I signed, they actually, you know, they said, we're sending you to Oregon for short season, a ball. And I really had no idea where, 
I mean, geographically, I had to f- find a map and figure out where I was going. So <laughs> to be exposed to, you know, a different part of the country and, and then Oregon and going, it was, it was the Northwest League. So it was Oregon, Washington, Idaho, those three states were the team, you know, there were teams in all those states that were, that we were playing. So I got to see a part of the country, you know, a beautiful part of the country that I'd never seen. And then, um, one of the other leagues was in Arizona, uh, our spring training and our instruction leagues were in Scottsdale, Arizona. So another really cool place. And then, and then the other place that I played was, uh, Madison, Wisconsin in the Midwest league. So really a, in a, about a two and a half year span there right out of college, just got exposed to a lot of different parts of the country. And like you said, players from all different parts of the country and different played in different conferences and, you know, I quickly found out how competitive it was. I'd only played the one year of college and I wasn't, I wasn't ready for, for that level of play. Probably. Uh, I mean, you, you talk about really, really good players and, and, you know, seeing great pitching every night in the minor leagues, as opposed to maybe one really good pitcher on a weekend and a couple that are decent in a college series. So it was, uh, uh, it was, you know, I found out quickly that I wasn't as maybe as good as I thought I was and, and had to really work hard just to be competitive at that level. So that that's probably what that taught me is anytime you go up a level, whether it's high school to college, college to pro, there's just a big jump. And, you know, that's probably helped me in coaching and trying to get guys prepared for for their next step after college. That makes sense. And at the very least, even if it was a, a shorter period of time, coach, like one thing I've seen on – floating around on Twitter that seems so cool and surreal to me is like, there's a, a, a baseball card with you on it. Not many people can, can say that. Uh, do you have a, uh, the rookie card or the baseball card of you by any chance? Like if you, do you have like an actual like copy that, that you own? You know, I think, I think I do. I think my wife's got a, there was actually two or three of them when I was playing and I think she's kept some copies. I, I get, awesome. I get a hard time. For, I get a hard time from some of the guys, like, you know, some of the coaches and they'll, they'll go online and print them off and laminate them and jokingly ask me to sign them. I mean, it's kind of, I get a little bit of a hard time on that kind of stuff. Cause it's still with, with the internet, that stuff never goes away, but, <laughs> uh, but it's fun. It's fun to, it's fun to, to see some of that stuff. But what's, what's not fun is some of the statistics that are listed on there. That first year was a rough one. I don't, I, I went from, I went from college doing really well to going to short season and hitting about 200 that first summer. And that was, that was rough now. I mean, that was a, that was a rude awakening on, on, uh, you know, being a hitter at that level, especially never having, you know, played, uh, in, in a lot of, a lot of leagues in the summer and having to adjust to a wood bat. I mean, that, that's a, that's a different deal. And, uh, so yeah, it was, it's, it's, it was fun though. It was a good experience. And they may give you a hard time, man, but it, it's still, you have a baseball card. Like that's no one can take that away from you. Like how many kids growing <laughs> up would right. want that? And, and you have it regardless of stats. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. No doubt. Hey coach, it's Newberg. Um, like Brendan said earlier, a lot of fans are excited about you coming over and joining the Florida state coaching staff, but not a lot of fans are familiar with you. You haven't coached a lot in the Southeast and um, they'd like to know more. So, I'm going to ask you a series of questions you can answer in one word. And I think, I think we could learn a lot about you. So here we go. Um, favorite food. Uh, enchiladas. Favorite movie. 
Rocky. Favorite band or singer? Uh, uh, man, let me think on that one because I got a lot of favorites. Uh, man, um, you could go. You could go Michael Jackson from the pop world, and then. Uh, man, Michael W. Smith from the contemporary Christian world. Okay. There you go. If you could go on a vacation anywhere, where would you go? Newport Beach, California. Favorite book? Um, the Ragamuffin Gospel. What was your favorite subject in school? History. Do you know how to play a musical instrument? I do not. Mm. On a scale of one to ten, how funny would you say you are? Mm, probably seven. Mm. What did you want to be when you were young? Uh, Dr. J, NBA player. <laughs> <laughs> Who knows you best? Uh, my wife. Good answer. Have you ever been to Doke on a game day? Never. Can't wait. Oh, you're you're in for a good time. Um. All right. We'll end it. We'll we'll end that portion there. But I'll pick it up. Um. What is something that you've learned since you've been to Florida State? Whether it be about the fan base, about the school, you know, something that maybe surprised you. Uh. Something that surprised me. Just how many people have worked at Florida State for multiple, multiple years. I mean, you know, just Derek and I were talking about this. I mean, just about everybody you ask, how long have you been here? 18 years, 20 years, 19 years. I mean, it's that's that's the, you just don't see that in college athletics much. Uh, you know, and 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 then and then seeing the the coaches that. You know, Coach Bowden came to see us the other day. Coach Martin stopped in yesterday. Coach Gladden's always around. Uh, Coach Andrews. I mean, that's cool, you know. Like, that's mm – -hmm. I just didn't think that those guys would be – because growing up in Texas, Florida State was, was hot. I mean, Florida State was – I mean, they were bigger than a lot of the schools in Texas in, in all of our minds. and. And so, but but the, a lot of those guys are still around here. So that's that's probably been the coolest thing, and just seeing the seeing the legacy that Coach Bowden left. I mean, all, and just the impact on a lot of people, um, not just players, but but I mean, definitely guys like Odell and Ron. You know, hearing them talk, but mm -hmm. but a lot of the people in the athletic department. It's just, I don't know. To me, that's I'm a, like I said, history is one of, is my subject, but. Mm -hmm. But really, it's football history. I just I love football history, and, and and there's just so much here. I guess that's what I, I, that's not. That, I guess that's not surprising to me. But but that so much of it is still alive. So much of that history is right. still around here and, and alive. It comes so, back. So that's yeah. cool. It, it is does. pretty special. Coach, coach, coach was. Uh, I, I sat in the dining hall with Coach Gladden yesterday. I mean, hmm. and we ate breakfast together. I'm like. And and I I told this at the signing day banquet. I told this story, but in 1996, I think it was 96. I'm coaching at Abilene Christian, 
and we had never won any games. At this one, I was an assistant. We had not won many games there, and we're sitting around trying to think, how can we gain an edge? How can we win some ball games? And and Coach Gladden was recruiting Texas at that time, and one of our coaches said, "Well, Florida State blocks, you know, ten punts a year. Let's let's figure out how they do that." So we actually flew him to Abilene. Wow! And he taught us how to he taught us how to block punts. We blocked like seven or eight punts that year, and we went seven and four for the first time in a long time at that school. So, you know, that's kind of that's crazy. I mean, that was. Uh, over 20 years ago yeah. and, and now I'm sitting here eating breakfast with him in, in the dining hall. At and you're wearing the green gold. Yeah. And I'm part of that. Like I'm, you know, that's, that's kind of crazy. That kind of, that's kind of mind blowing to me. So. Yeah. Um, what's his, what's his message to you and not just you, but like you guys as a, as a new staff. Just fundamentals. You know, fundamental football. Do things right. You know, make players. It, it's 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 shockingly aligned with with Mike's vision. I mean, it's almost like everything's from the same book um, in terms of what Mike demands from us and from the players is almost verbatim what those guys demanded back in the day, and so. It's the same message. It's do things right, treat treat people right, uh, hold people accountable to the fundamentals, but also celebrate them when they're successful. I mean, we try to, you know, in our early morning workouts, which that's really the only time we've gotten to work with the players so far is the 6 a.m. stuff. And, you know, we're getting on them hard when they don't do it right, but we're going crazy when they do it right and, and having fun with it. And I'm starting to, starting to see those guys respond. I mean, we're starting to see it and uh, it's pretty cool, but, but those guys are out there. I mean, the former coaches or some of the former players were out there uh, Thursday morning, like three or four of them. That's great. Like, wow, these dudes are, these dudes are interested in it. They want to see it be successful, but I think it's, uh, you know, in a lot of ways similar to what, to what they did. And so, and you know, it's not like we're trying to say, okay, we want to, try to be exactly like that. I mean, cause that, you know, who knows what type of success you can have, but, but there are a lot of things that, that align between the two uh, approaches. And coach with that in mind, it seems well, it's clear that you're very appreciative and, and thoughtful of what Florida state's history is. And uh, also you mentioned coach Norvell a, a couple times and, and his philosophies when, when coach Norvell, reaches out to you about the possibility of coming to Florida state. You're in a good position at, at TCU. And obviously that's more or less home for you. What, what goes through your mind when that opportunity is presented? Is it uh, a difficult decision conflicting? I guess kind of what goes through your mind about the possibility of, of leaving TCU for the possibility of coaching at Florida state with coach Norvell. Yeah. The first, you know, honestly, I mean, we, we talked you know, in the, in the three or four years previous when he was at Memphis, we always, just, you know, cause he had, he had openings on his staff at Memphis and we would talk every year, uh, about those. But, and, and I knew, I knew at some point Mike would get a power five job just based on the success that he was having and the, the coach and the person that he is, you knew that would eventually happen. I was 
honestly a little bit hopeful that it would be at a place that I didn't want to go to because I really didn't want to leave Texas. I mean, <laughs> <I've>, <laughs> I mean I, that's like you said, that's that's where I'm from, and have family pretty close to there. And uh, you know, probably a week or two before he got the job, he said, "Hey, or maybe a couple weeks. I don't know how long it was, but he said, hey, 'Hey, I'm I may have a shot at Florida State.'" And I was like, "Oh Lord, if if he gets." If he gets Florida State, you know, that's going to be a hard one to to turn down just because and, – and really it's just two factors. It's it's working with him um, just because I trust him and believe in him. And uh, and then Florida State, you know, I mean, if, if it would have been a school that I didn't really desire to work in or, or at, at an area of the country that I didn't want to work in as much, I wouldn't have done it. And – so, but, but that, you know, knowing what he wants to do and how he wants to do it. And then, you know, I, for me growing up in, there's four States that produce the most NFL talent in the country. And it's, you know, you got Texas and California and I've spent most of my career in Texas and then at Arizona state, we recruited California. That was our primary recruiting base. So really got to be in Texas and California quite a bit. And then the other two are Georgia and Florida. And my recruiting area spans both of those states. So getting to work in this part of the country where there's such great high school football and such great talent was very appealing to me as well. Just to, just to, just to kind of round out your, you know, abilities to recruit in different areas and see different things and see how different things are done. And, and that's been, that's been exciting also for me to, to get to go, uh, you know, in January I got to go get out in my area some, and then I've been able to get on the phone with some of the coaches, and you know, just to see how things are done in this part of the country. All, all those factors are, were were things that that made me say, you know what, this is a move that that I do want to make, and I'm excited. I'm excited to be here and to get after it. So, mm. Coach, what's your uh, recruiting territories at FSU? I've got. I've got Tallahassee, so I've got, you know, I've got the schools here in the city, and then mm-hmm. uh, I go, I go about three hours south, you know, just uh, of here, and then about three hours north of here, south central Georgia, up to like Macon. So, okay. I've got so you quite do, a few schools. So, so so you got like Gainesville into Ocala area. Ocala, yeah, yeah. I don't I don't actually have Gainesville, but. I think that's about where it stops is Ocala right in there. And I'm still honestly like when I got here, um, there wasn't much, you know, there was a couple of weeks of recruiting left. So we were trying to tie up um, mm-hmm. some 2020 recruits, but also get into my area. And it was kind of funny, like, you know, uh, our recruiting director, uh, you know, Chuck, Chuck's yeah. very familiar with, with the area. So, he sent me on a path for about a three day trip up through South central Georgia and, and actually, you know, ran it. I mean, ran into some really good players in that area. So I've, I've been able to get out in, in my area some, but, um, not, not, at, not near as much as what I'll be able to do in the spring. So, but, uh, but it's, you know, just going into the Southern part of Georgia and, and just seeing some of the programs and the players, cause Growing up in Texas, high school football is so important to people, and and it's so invested in and so well done. And then you know going and I, but I've always heard like 
about South Georgia football and about the, the great athletes in the state of Florida and, and so far I've been able to see some of that. So that's, that's been really cool. Are you going to be involved in junior college recruiting at all? Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I'll have all the Texas junior colleges. I figured that for sure. And then, uh, you know, I, I know I'll go to Kansas. There's a tight end up in, uh, one of the Kansas JCs. I'll go up there for sure. I don't know if I'll go to all those, but I'll for sure go to Texas and, uh, you know, junior college kids are usually pretty willing to, to leave and go about anywhere. So, um, you know, I think Florida State still carries a really strong reputation in the state of Texas, so I'll go do those JUCOs for sure. Have you noticed junior college recruiting speeding up? It used to be – I've been covering Florida State for 10 years, and I covered recruiting for five years before that. Um, it used to be, you know, junior college recruiting would heat up in September, October. Um, but now it seems like you got junior college kids um, taking visits in the summers now, making decisions earlier and earlier how do you approach recruiting the JUCOs? Uh, it's definitely, it's definitely sped up and, and I've gotten to where now, um, you know, if I'm going to look at some sophomore, some guys that are about to be sophomores, I mean, you're, you're having to definitely know who the incoming freshmen are into a junior college. And, uh, it's definitely sped up. I even, there was a kid in California when I was at Arizona state, I was recruiting a tackle in a California junior college and he got probably 10 or 12 offers the summer before his sophomore season. And he just decided not to play as a sophomore just because he didn't want to get hurt and risk mm-hmm. losing his offers. And that would have, like you said, five, 10 years ago, that would have never happened because junior college players didn't get offers before their sophomore year. Uh, right. So just like high school recruiting sped up. So junior college is the same way. Coach looking at, the tight end position and the way it's been used in coach Norvell's offenses previously, I guess, uh, what can FSU fans expect for the way you guys are going to use tight ends? And what are you looking for uh, prototypically, I guess, from, from that position, like what kind of skills are you assessing and evaluating when you recruit tight end? Yeah, we're, you know, we're first looking for in in a tight end, just a, just an explosive player, a dynamic player, a guy that can, that can create some matchup problems for defenses uh, in the middle of the field and a guy that can get open, catch the ball, run after the catch. I mean, those guys are pretty rare, but we're looking, you know, that's, those are traits that, that that's what we're looking for first is, is, is explosive ability. And then obviously the size factors. I mean, you want a guy with, with as much length as possible. And you usually, the longer the player, you know, if he gets up in the six, six range, he probably isn't going to change direction quite as quickly, but, um, you know, we're, we've, we've always used a guy that may be a little bit smaller and a little bit more explosive and, and be able to change direction a little bit better than say the, the six, six, you know, two sixty prototypical NFL looking guy. We, we've, mm-hmm. You know, we haven't had those kind of guys as much. We had a kid at Arizona State named Chris Coyle who caught, uh, I think he had 57 catches for 700 yards wow. in 2013 or 20, 2012, I think. And he was 6'2", 230, and was a rugby player. And he, he wasn't even that dynamic. He was just tough and smart and, you know, just did He broke Todd Heap's records and, you know, all the great tight ends that Arizona State had had, he broke their records. And so – 
it doesn't really have to be, you know, and, and I'm not saying we won't recruit a guy that's six six two sixty, but we're usually looking for something a little bit, uh, a little bit more dynamic in terms of getting the ball in his hand, doing some things. And usually those guys are a little smaller. So, and then smart and tough. I mean, you just want guys who, the, the guys we have in our room right now are smart. I mean, we've been able to, you know, start some of the football process with them, but you can tell they learn really quickly. And, and we do a lot with those guys. It's, it's hard to line up in the backfield and then, and then in a slot and then attach to the line of scrimmage and do all the things that, that uh, we're asking them to do. Uh, and so mentally they have to be pretty smart to do it, but they got to be tough. So those are, those are things we're looking for. You mentioned the guys that you have right now and them being bright, I guess, what have you seen from them? I know you haven't put on the pads at spring practices about a week or so away. Uh, what have you been able to see from the guys and judge from them just from them learning and, and seeing them in Torah duty uh, so far, I guess, like who's, who's standing out to you among, among the group, knowing that there's still more guys coming in in the summer. But what have you seen so far? Yeah. I mean, the, the number one thing that those guys are doing all, all four of the guys that I have are working the tail off. I mean, they are, they are pushing themselves and, and working at a really, really, really high level. I've been super proud of their effort and, and it's and it's starting to show like, you know, I don't know how many tour of duties we've done, but they're so much better than they were at first. And uh, you know, uh Cam is Cam has worked really, really hard. Uh Wyatt has worked really, really hard. Both those guys have worked hard on the details and then pushing themselves physically and then uh you know, Austin is Austin is getting bigger and growing and developing, and he's pushed himself really hard. And Carter, you know, Carter. I mean, for a kid to come in out of high school and jump right into this stuff, it's it's pretty much a shock to your system. And uh, and he was, you know, I would say at first he was probably asking himself, "What the heck have I gotten into here?" And uh, but but he has gotten dramatically better just because he's continued to push himself, and so. I'm really proud of all those guys of what they've done. And, and I'm really, really excited about spring ball to see what they do once we get out there. Cause you know, off season is that that's the first phase of it, but then spring ball is phase two of the process. And, and I can't wait to get them out there and see what they do. How cool is it Ben? How cool is it that, that Wyatt, you mentioned Wyatt rector uh, that he's, he's willing to try out a different position. You came here as a walk on at quarterback and, Obviously, physically, like he, he passes the eye test, like he can play multiple positions. That he's willing to give that a, a shot for you guys. It seems neat that he's he's flexible and showing a team first attitude. I guess. No, he has. I mean, that was we. You know, when when Trey left, uh, obviously that was a that was a tough deal from a a number standpoint. You know, not not to mention the guy's a heck of a player, but uh, just the numbers that it leaves you with. So that that kind of made that a deal where, you know, we, we talked to Wyatt and said, Hey, this is something that, that we need you to do and think you can do based on what the, you know, uh, coach Dugan's really, really spoke highly of him, uh, of Wyatt, you know, in terms of what he had seen from him and thought he had the skill set to do it. So we just said, you know, this is, this is something we think can help the team and, and also benefit you. Are you willing to do it? And he didn't blame I mean, Let's, let's go. And he's, mm-hmm. he, he's a, super detailed guy. I mean, he, everything that, everything that you tell him to do, he's going to do it and really try to do it at a high level. So 
you know, how that'll translate to the field. We don't really know because he's not played the position, but right. in terms of work ethic and he's, he's already brought a ton to the team just because you, you can't help, but look at him. You know, if you're another player, he's going to be a guy that inspires you just by his work ethic. He inspires us as coaches. All, all these guys have, I mean, they're, they're working hard. I mean, it's, 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 uh, it's inspiring to see what they're doing every day and, you know, he's, he's definitely been a leader in that process. Okay. Coach last, last question for me, and please correct me if I'm wrong. Were you a, a coach at Sumter, Arkansas, the same time that, that coach Mike Norvell was a player there? Yes, I was. That's where, that's where we first got to know each other. What was that like? Well, first off, what was he like as I know his stats as a, as a wide receiver there were, were impressive. What was he like as a, as a player? He was just uh, kind of like he is as a coach. He's he's a, a scrappy, tough guy, and and tried to outsmart everybody and tried to, you know, just outplay everybody. And he was he was not very big. Don't that was the only thing for him is towards the end of the season he'd get beat up pretty bad because he was one of those guys that was willing to go across the middle and make the tough catches and do all the things it took to keep the chains moving. And and he'd kind of pay a price for that. But he was, you know. He was a he was a unique player, and, and we had a lot of success offensively and and as a team at Central Arkansas at that time. And he was a huge part of it. And uh, we probably got to know each other. I I've told this story a little bit, but I, at, at Central Arkansas at that time, you had to teach. So I had to teach uh, a uh, health lecture course and a racquetball activity course. And I was mid thirties, so I was playing racquetball a lot, and I was. I was, I could beat all my students in the classes. I could, <laughs> I could beat those, you know, I was, and I was undefeated at this time. And so here comes Mike Norvell one day. He's like, I hear you're in undefeated. I want, I want to challenge you. I want the, I want the title belt. I'm like, all right, dude, let's go. And he was the only student that I couldn't beat. And, oh, uh, and we would have some wars. I mean, it would go down to the game point every time, but I couldn't beat the guy. And so we probably, <laughs> you know, probably developed some sort of a relationship there, even though I didn't really coach him, you know, just competing against each other. And that's really how I got to know him. Hey coach, um, next time I'm up in Tallahassee, me, you and coach Norvell are going to have to get in the racquetball ring. I have a, Oh, I'm not invited, Josh. I'm not invited to the racquetball. Actually, actually you can (laughs) Brennan, because I have a intramural doubles championship from Florida state. Uh, won it right there in the center. (laughs) <laughs> well, and so that that uh, that that could be fun. We could we could do some sort of tournament style play and and uh, coaches you know, versus media. I think we should. Yeah, see if we can't wrestle that title belt away from you. I'm, I imagine I'm, Norvell. He's still Coach Norvell. He's probably probably still has the capability. I don't know that that I could get in there and really sell out anymore. I may, I may mm-hmm. uh, sustain some sort of injury trying to do that, but, uh, but no, that'd be fun. That'd be fun. Come on in, come on up. And let's, let's, let's do it. All right. We'll set that up. Hey coach, we appreciate your time. I know it's Friday night. Get back to your family and um, thanks for hanging out with us for a little bit. Yeah. Thanks coach. No problem. Yep. I enjoyed it. Appreciate you guys. All right. Talk to you later. Bye-bye. And that's it, Brendan. I played racquetball in college too, Josh. I bet you did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Coach Thompson was good. Um, that was one that you and I were secretly eager eager to get to. Like this whole week, we've been 
kind of looking forward to this one. When I define anxiety, which we well documented mine, it can mean like excited or nervous. And I feel like I the anxiety was split down the middle for this one because I didn't know how Coach Thompson was going to be. I know he could be uh, very, very direct. And he was awesome. He was that was fun. That was a good way to end this because he was really thorough and detailed and was willing to to share some anecdotes. Uh, who would have known like Coach Norvell? Uh, as a badass uh, racquetball player. Racquetball player, right? And, <laughs> and who would have known that I you mean, were too? <laughs> yeah, he gave he gave up a lot of good good intel. He also br- gave us a little scoop, huh? I mean, if people follow me on Moles twenty four sevens message board, we, we had well, intel they that trust you. <laughs> remains they to follow be seen. But the, but the trust, trust, the trust. You. I got a, a bonus point because I had heard that Wyatt was uh, going to get a shot at tight end after one of our posters posted it. I was like, ah maybe let me check into it and that's what i heard but that's cool to, to hear that he's sticking with it and it looks like uh white rector will get a chance to play tight end in the spring yeah we, we got a little news it took us like eight episodes but we got we got and it was concrete. cool that you know they he, they've had the conversation they sat him down they said we think you can help our team here and um it was good to kind of hear the behind the scenes of how that went down so quickly because now he's going to be ready to do it for spring ball you don't have to do it in spring practice and waste some reps at QB and then move. You know what I mean? The way right. that they do it sometimes. Uh, they're, they're like, oh, hey, go, to... go try to catch a pass. Wyatt. Oh, <laughs> why? You look really natural catching a pass. Why don't you, why don't you go jump in that tight end line? <laughs> right. Right. This is well played. It kind of is a common theme with the staff is there's foresight and vision. And that doesn't mean it's going to work out, but why it is uh, physically like we've documented this before. And you saw it at the tour of duty. Like he, he looks like a tight end. Uh, he runs. He's been timed in like the four sixes and the 40 yard dash before in the high school level. Uh, and he can throw up a lot of weight. So like if he can catch, like it all makes sense. Uh, it's just it's smart for them to talk about like what they lost with Trey McKetty, how how that hurt and and that you need bodies there. And, and they go down the roster. And like, yeah, this guy checks all the boxes. Chris Neeterm. I feel bad we couldn't get Chris on for this, man. We tried. It would have been perfect. Would have been perfect. But this was fun. I think. uh I think we should do a recap next. Well, whenever we're done with the series, whenever it gets posted, like I'm in a weird time warp, Josh, but, but talking about what we learned from this. And, and I think we need to give props to FSU and, and be thankful for Derek Satterfield to coach Norvell for, uh, for allowing us the opportunity to, to do this. This has been fun and unique and something I would have never thought we would have had the opportunity to do a year ago. Even uh, this has been cool. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> With that, I'm going to go open up my bottle of pappies and celebrate the uh, the long stretch that's been the uh, Meet the Coaches series. But uh, for thank you, I, I do. For Josh Newberg, I'm Brendan Sinone. Thank you to every single coach who's who's been on the bench. We appreciate your time. To the listeners, thank you. Hopefully, you guys learned something during this series as well. This was fun. Uh, go Knowles, and we'll be back to our normal uh, normal format of uh, on the bench soon. All right, guys, we'll talk to you later.
You ready for this? Yeah. If is the most original and heartfelt movie in years. Magic like this comes around once in a lifetime. This Friday, experience it with your whole family. Can we do it again? If ready PG.